things, right? Uh, the greater things that are happening here at Christ Church, uh, things that uh, God is laying before us in terms of our future. You know, in John 14, 12, he says uh, that uh, we're going to do great things. And then he says we're going to do even greater things than he did. He did some pretty awesome things, right? And yet he promises us that we're going to do that and then some, some greater things. So we're going to share with you over the uh, next couple of weeks uh, the great things that God is doing here at Christ Church and some future things uh, that are unfolding uh, for us. Uh, second thing we're going to do is uh, we want to talk to you uh, about what it means uh, to be radically generous uh, because they're tied together, right? Our ability to do great things for God has to do with how we step into uh, radical uh, generosity and the genius of generosity. So that's our secondary thing, is uh, talking about Christ Church, where we're going, but also talking about just the genius of generosity. Uh, and these are going to be important messages, uh, not just for Christ Church, but they're going to be important messages uh, for you. Because if you step into this, if you understand uh, these four messages and what it means for you in terms of generosity, it will uh, change your life. It's just going to change your life. So we're going to talk about this radical generosity that's at the core uh, of, of Christ Church, part of our uh, DNA. And that means, of course, right, you get it by now. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, your time. We're going to talk about your possessions. We're also going to talk about your money. The answer is money, right? Yeah, we're going to do that uh, because uh, Jesus did that, right? It's really fascinating. If you go into the Gospels, uh, every one in ten, right? One in ten uh, verses is about possessions or, or money. There are 500 verses that refer to prayer. Uh, there are 500 verses that refer to faith. Not bad. There are two thousand verses that talk about possessions uh, or money. Do you think this is an important topic for God? Yeah, Jesus spent a lot of time uh, on this topic. And why? Not just because he wanted to talk about money, but because it is a huge part of our relationship to him. It is a huge part of our spiritual growth in being more and more what God wants us to be. And that's what we're about, right? The series is about inviting you to step into, as a Christ follower, uh, everything that God has for you, especially around this arena of radical generosity. Why do we do that? We do that simply because it's smart. That's it. It's just smart to do what God wants you to do, right? It's just smart to follow the wisdom of Scripture. It is just smart to step into this genius of generosity, right? Uh, how do we define the word genius, right? Well, okay, you can see the Latin that's there. It means to produce, the personification of quality, great natural ability for a particular activity. The way we summarize it is how. We say somebody's a genius. They are simply a smart person, right? Yeah, they're just smart, right? And so the reality is what we're going to share with you over these weeks for your spiritual walk with Christ, right? For, for your growth in Christ, this is just smart stuff, right? It's just genius. It's just smart stuff, right? It's just the way it is. And it's smart around understanding generosity from God's perspective as we walk with Christ. To understand 
what, how he sees, what he views, what he teaches around generosity. What is generosity? There's the Latin. It means being of noble birth, excellence, generous, having qualities associated with noble birth, which means a calling towards generosity, care, and concern for others. Where that comes from is that the king, the queen, a prince, a princess, if you were of noble birth, it was understood that part of being noble, part of being of noble birth, was to display God's character. And part of God's character, an obvious part of God's character, we just experienced it, is to be radically generous. And so if you're going to be noble, you will display that character and you'll step into radical generosity. When it comes to the scriptures, in the Hebrew, uh, Hebrew, that experience of generous means to saturate with water, to give overflowingly, uh, to drink one's fill. Uh, if you ever go to Israel with me, which I hope you will, uh, you will notice over there, water is really valuable. It is really important. Water is really important in Israel, right? Why is that? Well, they don't have this thing called Lake Michigan, right? They don't have the puddle like we have right next door. So fresh water is really, really valuable and important. And so in the Hebrew... It's, it looks at water and saying, wow, this is really important, valuable stuff. Why valuable? Because water gives life. So for, for the Hebrew scriptures to understand generosity, is, it's not about just giving water, giving things. It's about giving life. Okay? And then in the Greek, it means to, to be ready to distribute, to have an attitude of generosity. All right, let's take all that we just got there, right? Try to wrap that all up into one bundle. What does it mean? Well, listen, if you're a Christ follower already, okay, that means that God has put a call on your life. You're part of his royal priesthood. That makes you of nobility. You're part of his royal priesthood. And it means for us as Christ followers, his call on our life is to step into showing the character of God, which is radically generous. And it means we will just simply exercise the sheer genius, the smartness of being radically generous people who give life through that generosity and have an attitude of generosity. Not bad, wrapping that all up, right? See how that works? Yeah, exactly. That's what it is, okay? So over these next weeks, we're going to unpack each Sunday. We're going to unpack what that means for us, okay? So today... Uh, the first one is to unpack this hidden genius of this radical generosity. And it's a hidden genius, right? It's just a hidden smartness. What that means is as we share these things with you, they're going to be contrary to what you hear in the world, okay? It, it's just not going to jive with what the world would have you do. It's also going to be difficult for you because in your core, right, in your old person, you have this selfishness at work. And what we're going to share with you each week is, is going to be counter to that selfishness. And so as we start, you just need to know you're going to feel some pushback. You're going to feel some uncomfortableness because that's just the nature of it. But there is a hidden wisdom in just stepping into what God wants, right? Contrary to the world, contrary to that inner old self, just stepping into the wisdom of what God wants. Uh, Matthew 13 describes it this way. Jesus always used stories and illustrations 
like these when speaking to the crowds. In fact, he never spoke to them without using such parables. This fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophets. I will speak to you in parables. I will explain things hidden since the creation of the world. We're going to discover some genius, smart stuff that seems hidden to the world. Jesus taught in parables. There are like 38 parables uh, in the scriptures. Sixteen of those parables have to do with money and possessions. Important for us to do. So you're going to discover over these weeks just the sheer wisdom, the genius, just the smartness of what God has to say. So here's our first teaching. Here's the first one when it comes to radical generosity. When you step into radical generosity, you're going to step in and discover simply joy. There is just a joy in generosity. So I just shared with you that Jesus taught with parables, right? So there was one parable in uh, the Gospel of Luke where he, he tells a parable about a guy who had this tremendous harvest, right? I mean, the crops did well. He had this huge, huge, huge hosp- uh, harvest, right? And he didn't know what to do with this huge harvest. And so what he decided to do was keep it for himself. And so he built more barns. And he built more barns to collect all of this harvest and store all of the harvest so that he could hang on to all of the harvest, right? He kept it all for himself. Now, Jesus makes a comment in the parable on this guy's behavior and attitude. Jesus looks at the experience and he says, this guy was a fool. That's just foolish. This guy was a fool. Now, in contrast, in Matthew 13, he tells another parable about a guy who's walking in a field, and he discovers a treasure, and he compares that treasure to the kingdom of heaven. He says he discovers this treasure, the kingdom of heaven. He discovers this treasure, and then he goes out, and he just gives away everything that he has. He sells all his possessions. He just displays this radical generosity in giving everything that he has for the sake of the treasure. And look what it says in the text. It says, when a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his what? In his joy. What did he discover? Joy. Just radical joy. One guy hoarded, and Jesus called him a fool. The other guy displayed this attitude of radical generosity, and he discovered joy. This is what happens. When you step into generosity, you're just going to discover a joy. It it just changes your outlook. It changes your attitude. It changes how you experience life. It's going to elevate your life because you are just going to discover a joy in that radical generosity, okay? It's just going to change the way things are for you. Let me prove this to you this morning, okay? Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go one, two, three, At the count of three, not now, at the count of three, I want you to reach under your chairs. There's a metal bar underneath your chairs. Just reach under your chair. See if you discover anything under your chair. You ready? You got the, ready? One, two, three. See it, sir. Come on, somebody find something. If you didn't find anything, you're sitting in the wrong chair. Woohoo! What do you got? Woohoo! Anybody else? Anybody else in the room? Woohoo! Look at that, another one. If you find one of those, give me a hoo-hoo. Hoo-hoo, come on. That's it, no hoo-hoos. Woo-hoo. Wow. 
Woohoo! There's another one over there. I'm loving it. Woohoo! Yeah. They're better than their back. Woohoo! It's kind of fun. Isn't that kind of fun? I mean, before that, you're all sitting there going, oh, no. Now, well, it's kind of fun. There's just a joy that goes with generosity, right? Now, you guys have found cards. You want some real fun? When you, when you, you find those cards, whatever they are, you know, like if it's a coffee thing or something like that, go invite somebody and buy somebody else coffee with a card. Then you know real joy. I'm just saying, right? There's a joy in generosity, right? And, and that's the wisdom of it. That's just the sheer wisdom of Scripture. It's going to change your whole attitude and persona. When you step into this wisdom, this, it's just smart. You step into this, it's just going to change your persona. And you're going to experience an ongoing joy that just comes from radical generosity. There's just a joy in generosity. Now, that's not the only thing. It's just going to affect, when you step into that, that joy is going to get infectious in your life, and it's going to affect other things uh, in your life. So, for instance, when you start stepping into this joy, it's going to change your attitude around prosperity. It's going to change the way you view things uh, in your life. In the world, there are two different viewpoints when it comes to things. One is a viewpoint of scarcity. The other is a viewpoint of prosperity, right? What does the attitude of scarcity look like? Well, the attitude of scarcity is very, very common in our world, right? What does it do? It looks at everybody else and it says, Oh, look, they got this and they got that and they got this. I don't have it, right? Oh, man, look, they got this, they got that, they got that, they got a three-car garage, I only got a two-car garage. Well, I don't have it. What's the attitude? There's not a lot of joy in that attitude, right? There's not a lot of up in that attitude. It's a scarcity attitude. It says, everybody else has, and I don't have. It's spending your time, energy, and looking at what you don't have. When you step into the joy of generosity, you're going to step into a whole different attitude. You're going to find an attitude of prosperity. What's an attitude of prosperity? An attitude of prosperity doesn't bother looking around at everybody else. An attitude of prosperity looks at your own life and understands and discovers everything you do have. It sees the incredible prosperity and blessing that God is pouring into your life on a daily basis. If you look at Proverbs, Proverbs, a book of wisdom, right? Smartness, smart book, book of wisdom. Proverbs says, the generous will do what? Prosper. They're going to have an attitude of prosperity. The generous are going to prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. You see, when you step into the joy of generosity, there's a change that's going to infect your life and you're going to have an attitude shift from an attitude of scarcity to an attitude of prosperity. And you're going to be able to see all the things that God is doing, that God has done, how God is working in your life and prospering you even in the middle of challenges, even in the middle of disappointment, even in the middle of discouragement. You're going to be able to see how God is and has worked in your life, and you're going to know the joy of just generosity. And you're going to see an attitude 
of prosperity. You with me? That's the way it works. What else happens? Not only do you have an attitude shift, but you have a priority shift. You get a priority shift. When you step into the joy of generosity, you're going to find that your priorities are going to move, right? And, and what you treasure, what you find important and valuable is going to shift. Now, Jesus in Matthew 6 uh, gives a teaching. And in this teaching, uh, he gives two command statements, okay? One of them is a negative command statement, right? It's a warning. It's a negative command statement. The other one is a positive command statement. Okay, so let's look at the text. You tell me which is which. You ready? He starts out in uh, verse 19, and he says, Don't store up, store up treasures here on earth. Which is that, positive or negative? Negative, right? He's saying, listen, listen, listen. Don't, 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 don't. Right? Parents, can you identify with this word? Don't do that. Why do you tell your kids not to do that? For their own good, right? For their own good. So he's looking out for us. And he's saying, listen, if, if you know me, you need to understand, don't do this. This is not who, who you are in Christ, right? Don't, don't, don't. Don't focus on the things of this earth where moths eat them and rust destroy them and where th- thieves break in and steal them. Don't focus on that, right? When, when you step into this generosity, this joy of generosity, it's going to change what you value. He's going to move you and say, look, this is not what you value. It's, it's not the stuff of this world. That's not where the value system is. Instead, he says what? Store up. Is this the positive or the negative? This is a positive, right? He's saying this is what's good for you. This is what's good for you. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. See, there's a shift in your priorities of what you value. Right? He says, wherever your treasure is, there the desire of your heart will be also. You know what's on my heart? You know what the value, the most valuable thing I can think of on my heart is? One more person coming to know Jesus Christ. I can't think of anything more important. Can't think of anything more important. One more person knowing that God loves them and that Jesus gave up his life for them so that they can be forgiven and have a new life. I I can't imagine anything in my garage that's more important than that. Can you? I can't imagine. I can't imagine anything more important than, than telling a child every single week at Christ Church, how much they are loved by Christ. I, I can't imagine something more important than telling a child every single week the difference if they just let Jesus guide their life. And when they're in struggle, he's going to be there for them. And when they're in challenge, he's going to empower them through that. I can't imagine anything more important than having a child grow up and know the authority, the power, and the forgiveness of Jesus in their life. I can't think of anything more valuable. You see, where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. That's what drives us. That's what we value. You're going to hear in these weeks greater things. 
God is leading Christ Church to some greater things. And one of those great things is the expansion of our facility, right? We're going to build onto our building, and it's going to be awesome and big and fantastic. But that's not what we treasure. That's not what it's about. The building that we build is only valuable because in that building, Jesus is going to be present. It's only valuable because in that building, Jesus is going to make himself known to people who may not know him. It's only valuable because in that building, children are going to come to know the love, the grace, and the power of Christ for the rest of their life. That's the treasure. That's the treasure. And that is where the heart of Christ's church is. That's why we do it. You see, it changes our values. When we do this joy of generosity, it changes what's important in our life. And it changes it for the long haul, right? This is great in Proverbs, Book of Wisdom, right? Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time, right? It's not a quick kind of deal. This is a long-haul, long-term goal, vision, and it's going to require hard work, and it's going to require sacrifice, right? At, at some point, a couple of weeks, we're going to come to you, covenant members, regular attenders, and we're going to ask you to just practice the joy of generosity and, and make a sacrificial gift to make this happen, right? And, and that's sacrifice, but that's the hard work. That's the hard work of fulfilling what's most important. It's using the time that we have, using the resources we have, using the prosperity that God gives us for the most valuable things. It's not get rich quick. It's about the long haul. And Scripture reassures us over and over again. When we do that, we step into this joy of generosity. We just step into what's most valuable. God is going to continue to honor us. He's going to continue to take care of us. Paul writes to Timothy and he says, Teach those who are rich, that would be us, right? Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud, not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. A couple things there. Notice that when you step into the joy of generosity, you're going to step closer to God. You're going to grow in your relationship with Christ because you're going to be more like him. You're going to look more like him. You're going to experience what it is to be more like him. And so you're going to step closer to God and you're going to just trust him more. You're going to understand in the joy of generosity how trustworthy uh, he is. Okay? Now notice also at the end, I love this part, uh, this, their, tr- their trust should be in God who richly gives us all that we need for our enjoyment. Notice it doesn't say give us all we need for our bread and water lifestyle. Right? Lots of times Christians think that, well, it's bread and water for me. You know, no. God, this is what it's about. It's about the enjoyment, the fullness of life. He's going to give us everything we need to experience the prosperity of the excitement and the joy of generosity. Right? The fullness 
of life. When you step into the joy of generosity, your life gets elevated. You're going to understand the priorities. He's going to change your attitude into an attitude of prosperity and not scarcity. You're going to, you're going to value the most important things. And your life is going to be lifted to a life that has so much more enjoyment uh, in it, right? Because you're going to draw closer to Him and you're going to just trust Him more. You're just going to trust Him more. What's happening? If you take these messages to heart and you, and you really wrestle and you just get smart about this, right? You just do the smart thing. What's going to happen is you're going to give up your double vision. How many folks wear contacts? Got contact wearers out there? Yeah, okay. So help me out with this illustration. What's it like when you lose one contact and you're wearing one contact? How good is that? It's like really bothersome, right? Because you can see like out of one eye clear and the other eye is not so good, right? It just doesn't work. What's going on? Well, you got double vision, right? You got double vision going on. Well, that's what happens to us in this world is that we get double vision going on. Jesus talks about Matthew 6, about our eyes, you know. The eye is like a lamp that provides light to your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. When your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep the darkness is. What's he saying? It's your focus. When you step into the joy of generosity, your focus is going to change. Your focus is simply going to change. You're going to see things so much clearer than you ever have before around your priorities, around what's valuable. You're just not going to have this double vision that keeps kind of one eye on the world and one eye on Christ. You're just going to see so much better, right? We see this in in the Adam and Eve experience, right? Her eyes shifted in focus from God and instead she focused on an apple, Not a great comparison. God, apple, God, apple. But she took the apple, right? Change of focus. When you step into this generosity, you're going to step in and your focus is going to get better. Why? Because you're going to focus on who really is in charge, who really is the master, the one who gives us prosperity, right? If you look at Jesus, he says, can't serve two masters. You'll hate the one, love the other. You'll be devoted to the one, despise the other. You can't serve God and be enslaved to money. Notice there's slavery around the money. There's freedom around the joy of generosity. Joy of generosity. We step into that. It keeps us focused. It keeps us in the priorities. It keeps us in the sheer joy of seeing and understanding how trustworthy uh, God is for us. And we let Him just be who He is. And we trust Him in all things. So here's what it is. Here's what it is. It's just simply the joy of genius, of being a genius, right? So the challenge for today is for each one of us to be a joy genius, a joy genius. I came up with that phrase, by the way. You get that? A joy genius, not a boy genius, a joy genius. Doesn't work if I have to explain it. I thought it was good. Thought it was good. Anyway, notice what he says. Don't worry about all that stuff of the world. Eat, drink, wear. Don't worry about all that stuff. Unbeliever stuff. What do you do? Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously. Step into the smart stuff of joy generous. He'll give you everything. He'll give you everything you need. So here's the questions for the day. Questions for the day. How much joy do you have in your life right now? If you don't have a lot of joy in your life, 
Maybe you're not practicing the joy of generosity. Take a risk. Get smart. Just step into what he's teaching and know the joy of generosity. Look at your heart. Look at your eyes. Who's your master? Who's really controlling all of this? What are you really focusing on? What are you valuing uh, in your life? And then what changes do you need to make to be a joy genius? To take this message to heart now and just step into the joy of generosity. When you step into the joy of generosity, it is going to elevate your life. Let's pray. Father, thanks uh, that we can trust you above everything else, that we can just depend on you. Uh, And we pray today that we would step into it. Be smart. We just be smart and follow your wisdom and step into the joy of generosity. Uh, There's so many greater things to come uh, at Christ Church, greater things to happen in each of our lives. Uh, So, Lord, just lead us now so that we can... Uh, be those generous and joyful people you want us to be. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the ways that God expresses generosity, one of the ways that he shares his love,